police in the morning. An insane asylum looms dark and foreboding on the horizon. Into it pass six individuals who are about to discover its terrifying secrets and come face to face with its blackest horrors. Sleeves photographer Roger Neal and three beautiful models take up residence in the reportedly haunted old building, an ideal location for Neal's photographic study in terror. The hospital was financed by a depraved industrialist who built a hidden vault under the basement where he tortured and murdered hundreds of patients. Neal himself is a sadist, and he takes great pleasure in exploiting the helpless young women. But when he discovers a secret passageway, it leads to a blood-splattered dungeon and into a supernatural world where pain and evil await mortal flesh. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here for B-Movie is the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are with the uh, back for week three of Misty Monday Month with the 2003 film Screaming Dead. You heard what the back the DVD case had to say, which sounds an awful lot like Hellraiser. But yeah, I guess the tad <laughs> with the like creepy, sadistic stuff and, you know, the... Well, a All supernatural the world of pain and <laughs> evil. But this is nothing like Hellraiser. No. And let's talk about that when we get into our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Where are we starting at, Paul? Let's start with the top first. All right. For me, number three on the top. Roger Neal is actually the perfectly hateable villain. It, it just Everything he does is just despicable, and you know you just want to punch him in the face almost every time he opens his mouth. Perhaps that's why the actor never portrayed another character after this film. Sad. Number two. The the killer ghost is actually pretty fun. You know, spoiler alert, he doesn't come out to play until like ten minutes are left in the film or something. But you know, he's worth every, every second he's there. And number one, the hero of this film, Sam Rogen. The character, the dialogue, just... Everything about him is just fun and manly. Number three, like you said, I really like Neely's character. He's this creepy, perverted weirdo who likes controlling people. He likes uh, putting people in situations that make them uncomfortable for his own own pleasure. He's um he's a weirdo and he's a bully, and he's contrasted by number two, Ro- Rogan, who's a great another great character. He's this big, you know. Um, stoic guy who doesn't let people push him around. He tells it like it is, and he isn't afraid to, you know, put Neely in his place. And number one, the dynamic between the two. Like, you got this, like, weirdo who likes, you know, abusing the girls, you know, making them do things that make them uncomfortable, basically just giving them orders and putting them in predicaments that um, are not at all right for his own sadistic pleasure. And you got Rogan, who's who wants to protect them and just really wants to wants to beat the shit out of, of Neely. It, it was a great dynamic. It was fun watching the two. Well, on to the, uh, the bottom here. For me, number three, the CGI fog. I mean, for fuck's sake, like, <laughs> you don't need fog in, like, every other shot. Especially and inside. And if you t- just, wh- why couldn't you use a fog machine? Like, I know it probably obscures more than you want things to be obscured. You know, your CGI, you can, you know, obscure it to, like, whatever severity. But it just looks like shit. I fucking hate CGI fog. It's almost like CGI fire. Like, which this film also has. But, number two. Ooh, no one knows where the secret chamber is. 
I mean, it couldn't possibly be behind the giant portrait of the builder that he did of himself and said in his will, do not remove this or move it. Or, you know, it has to stay with the building no matter what. Like, no, can't possibly be there. I mean, maybe they just thought it was a really cool uh, uh, painting of Charles Bronson. <laughs> Number one. If if Neil had just let his secretary seduce Sam like she wanted to and he wanted to, he probably would have had a much easier time doing whatever he wanted at the mansion. And uh, things may have turned out a little differently. Yeah, his um, need to control everybody kind of got in the way of, of getting anything done. Uh, number three, so I like, spoiler alert, I like Neely's death. He gets, like, the ghost grabs him through a door and then, like, crushes his head and he sees eyeballs pop out. It was it was glorious. The problem was it kind of, in my opinion, was too short considering how much of, of the character we got to see. And I would have liked to have seen Neely, like, um, actually interact with the ghost more instead of he's like, you know, fuck you, I'm the antagonist now. <laughs> number two. So not a whole lot of the movie like really has to do with the um with the haunted house. So it made like when you're kind of waiting to see like what's going to happen, it did make the runtime seem unnecessarily long. And number one, the house being haunted was definitely foreshadowed. I mean, you see the ghost and all that, but like it overall, it had very little to do with the majority of the film. So it just kind of came off as somewhat unimportant. Though that being said, the parts with the ghost were pretty amazing, even if it did feel somewhat disconnected from the rest of the movie. Well, I did mention uh, some dialogue, so let's have ourselves a good old-fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. I'll start us off with, I don't tend to fantasize about women with their heads in the crapper. You can get a subscription to Chips, Chicks with Whips for 50 bucks. Some of us still have standards. You're one independent son of a bitch, aren't you? This is whack off central. <laughs> I won't tolerate any questions or disobedience. I've seen pimps treat their girls with more respect. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this film or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. It's time to give this film our final take. Remember, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scales are of our scale 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I give it a 1 out of 10. I give it a 2 out of 10. So, Screaming Dead is a haunted house movie where the killer ghost is less villainous than the perverted artist. It's got ample nudity and camp campaciousness, a dabble of gore, and one easily hateable artist. You know, this is just one of those few movies on my short list of guilty pleasures that I could watch any time for any reason, and any number of times, and just still genuinely enjoy it. So from what I can gather, the main moral lesson, the takeaway from Screaming Dead is that a lot of modern artists are just perverted weirdos whose art is really just a series of barely concealed fetish pieces. Not a lesson you see very often, but, you know, one I can get behind. The main appeal of the film, however, is the antagonistic relationship between Rogan and Neely. One being a stoic, tough guy who doesn't take shit from anybody and solves his problems of violence, while the other is a creepy pervert, pervert who gets off on controlling others. The two play off each other very well through their feud, but their feud was ultimately cut short when the actual main antagonist, a kind of sadistic, a actually very sadistic ghost, comes and murders Neely and is like, well, 
I'm the I'm the antagonist now. I'm the true creepy weirdo pervert. There can be only one. <laughs> and he was he was entertaining as well, even if um he did seem a bit disconnected from the rest of it. The overall haunted house plot was negligible and could have really like been completely left out if it hadn't been for how amazing the last ten minutes were. It was really something else. Overall, Screaming Dead was a fun play on the classic tale of the good, the bad, and the perverted. Ironically, the dead never scream. Not at all. Everyone else screamed, but not the dead. So, you know, we always have ways to drink away the splick. Drink away the splick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the splick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give some drinking games for this film. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time someone is told to go to their room, take a drink. Number two, every time Neil takes a photograph, take a drink. <laughs> number three, whenever someone is looking at the portrait, take a drink. And number four, anytime Sam has a disagreement with Neil, take a drink. Every time you see a torture device, take a drink. Every time Neely tells someone to leave the house, take a drink. Every time you see a severed limb, take a drink. And every time Rogan tells the secretary to stand up to Neely, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the splick. If you have any th- other thoughts about this movie or anything else, Beamer Lady, leave us a comment either iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com. That's Bros. Follow us on Twitter at Bros. My personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all of the content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website at We have new shows each week. If you want to help support Stokes and are donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts, the links are right below. Well, we've come to the w- end week three for Misty Monday Month. Um... So let's rank these movies. For me, in the number three spot is Sinful. I mean, there was pregnancy and baby stealing, I think. It could have all just been a fever dream. It was a dream. <laughs> number two, Shockorama. Two of the stories didn't actually happen within the overall story anthology, but, uh, you know, it had fun aliens and zombies, and it was quite enjoyable. But in the number one spot was... The Screaming Dead, it's actually just a fun, campy movie that I have no real complaints about whatsoever. Except for CGI fog. Fuck that shit. <laughs> so, last week I was kind of torn between what to, pi- what to pick for number one with um, between Shakarama and Sinful. So, this week I can gladly say that neither of them are at number one. But number three, I put Sinful. It was interesting. It was bizarre and um you know i credit them with doing something different but honestly when i was trying to rank the movies i could barely remember sinful so i had to put it at three number two being shakarama it was had its flaws i don't think it connected as well as i would have hoped for an anthology but you know i found the stories fun even if they weren't weren't amazing and number one screaming dead this movie was just really entertaining and fun to watch i have very few complaints about it so next week, as we uh, go to, I think, I think the final, final, yeah, probably only, o- only four Fridays this month, right? I'm assuming this is the twenty-first. Uh, yeah, only only one more. So we'll be ending Misty Monday month with the 2006 film, An Erotic Werewolf in London. Oh, I th- thought we were gonna get through Misty Monday month without an erotic <laughs> title. With a title like that, we're gonna have an interesting time to say the least. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on, my